Uh, welcome to Divorce Done Well podcast, episode six. I'm your host, Eric Spett. And I'm your host, also, Stephanie Spett. So just a reminder, we are live on Facebook. Uh, if you want to submit questions or comments uh, while we're live, and maybe Ziggy will read them on the air, maybe not. Um, you can also catch our podcast uh, uh, in the car or um, at home on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, also on um, the Facebook page. And Stephanie says you can watch it on YouTube. I haven't tried that, but it's the truth. Allegedly, it's true. We have, we've we've really explored all avenues. Yeah, and and really, you should feel free to to listen and watch on all of those media. Right. Click as often as you want, download right. it as many times as and you want. And share it. And share it with your friends and family because yes. they'll be better for it. And so will we. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Eric, um, I, I did all the preparation this week for Not the true. podcast. Not true. I just sent it to Eric to approve. So, go <laughs> me if it's awesome. Um, okay. So, a couple of things uh, that I kind of wanted to talk about. The kids are still at camp. Um, and it's really weird not having them around. For some reason, it even seems more weird this year. Why? I don't know. It just does. I've just been like a little lonely without them, which, you know, they'll come back and I will want You'll to- wish they were still at yes, camp. Yes, right. This is why when they go to camp, I try to uh, plan work trips okay. while they're gone. Yeah. Um, so my house does not seem so quiet. Yeah. And, and then I get to watch the dog. It is the family dog still. It is. It is. I think it's the family dog. Oscar's been with me. That's not what it says in the divorce decree, just FYI. Does the do- is it in there? No. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I, I missed that. But if, but, if you, but if that's if it's the family dog. Then that means I have to pay for half the cost. Exactly right. All right. So I just get to watch Oscar when Eric travels. Okay. It's, it's kind of like that's being a, a grandparent. That's a good deal. I'm, I'll take yeah, it. Yeah. It's kind of like being a grandparent. And give him back. Okay. So anyway. Um, I digress. So Sadie and Eric uh, both say that I cry every year when I drop the kids off, which I don't really think it's true. It's true. We talked about this in the last podcast. You cry every single year. Okay, sorry. I have a short-term memory issue. So Sadie has sent me a few letters. She sent me four letters um, complaining about I have not written her enough. And uh, I told – she said, you said you would write me more – um, you haven't written me. And then she sent me this last letter, which I think, Ziggy, you're going to bring it up. I don't know if you can all read this. Dear Mommy, yesterday was Shabbat, and we had song session in the Performing Arts Center, and it's super cool. I got one of your letters just saying, Daddy's winning. If you were to send me a package, get me gum. Please write me. You said you would write me, and I've only gotten one letter. I might have cried. <laughs> Love Sadie. So, 
don't know where she got the master oh, manipulation God. techniques from at that all. Is, that is karma for you. Why? That's guilt 101. But and, why karma? Well, it's Karma's just... Karma's like doing something bad. Okay, and then, okay maybe not karma, okay. but she, uh, you have passed down that... Um, Guilt. That guilt gene, and I she know. got it. Maybe it's the Jewish mother in me that she... Anyway, um, what did she say in this last letter? Did I read you what she said in this? I don't know. It was, it was also... Oh, this is really funny. I didn't take a picture of it, but she said... I, I've still only gotten one letter. By the way, I've not written her just one letter. I've written her four, and today I mailed the fifth and a package. It's because all the other parents send like 50 mm -hmm. letters, mm -hmm. and the kids get all these letters, and then Sadie's like... Well, like, including, by the way, our friends in Houston whose names I won't say, but they start sending letters and packages a week before. And put them in the mailbox also when they left for camp. Exactly. Okay. So... These I mean, people will remain. You can't remain compete with ones. these with these losers who make <laughs> us look like terrible parents. Right. We're not nearly the terrible parents that we're made out to be just because these people have way too much time on their hands. Right. And perhaps love their kids more than we do, but right. still we're doing fine. Right, right, right. Um, but she said, also, when you write me a letter, could you maybe write a little better? Because I can't really read your handwriting. I'm like getting abused by my daughter. Awesome. So anyway. Just, so today, you wanna, you when I wrote it... Well, I was going to say, I type out my letters now. Right, but I don't have a printer. It's, Remember, you're makes, supposed to come help me with my printer. Difficult. Right. All right. So um, anyway, the other thing that's funny is, um, you know, I'm used to talking to Eric daily about the kids and shuffling their stuff and their schedules. And, you know, we haven't talked as much. And then Eric called me like two days ago and was like, hey, you know, you should watch this show, Catastrophe. Mm -hmm. And I did watch it last night. It's hilarious. hilarious. So I think maybe we might actually be friends, maybe. 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 Jerry's still out. Jerry's still so out. So anyway, we are friends. Okay. Um, yeah, but also, so, you should watch Catastrophe. But, but you should also hilarious. watch Catastrophe. It is hilarious. It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was my sort of tidbit. Okay. So uh, moving on. Um, there's this book that, um, that, uh, somebody we know, can I see it? Oh yeah, here. That somebody I know, somebody we know recommended to us. Um, we didn't have this book before we got divorced, but, um, it's called 37 things I wish I'd known before my divorce by Nicole Fewer, Fewer, probably Fewer. Uh, and Francine Barris. And we don't know them. We don't know them, and, and we're not, not chilling for their book, but right. uh, they should get a shout-out since we are using some of the stuff in it. Um, but, but you know, it's just, you know, it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, there are lists of things you should think about um, when you're getting divorced, when you're going through divorce, post-divorce, and it syncs up, uh, a lot of it syncs up with stuff that we talk about on, yeah. on the show. So, um one of the things, one of the, the tips in the book um, was pretty poignant, and it's, uh, the, the, the topic is called, Have I Tried Everything? I mean, I think that's a question that, um, you know. We, I'm sure we both probably asked ourselves yeah, that, I think, for Yeah, I sure. think you have to ask have yourself to. that while, you know, before you go through it, um, because, number one, the worst thing is going through it, being done with it, 
and always wondering if you could have done something else. Well, because um, it's bad enough. Right. Like that separation and dividing assets and all that is bad enough. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That year was not fun. Um, and if you also have doubts about your decision, like it just makes, makes it and obviously you're never going to know anything for a hundred percent certainty. You're just not going to. Um, but I, I believe that we tried, you know, I think, I think we tried everything you, you try. And these are things you should do regardless. You should go to your own therapy. Um, yes. Individual should, therapy. You should try individual therapy. Um, I mean, you can go to group therapy um, if that helps. You can do couples therapy. Um, um, you know, there, there's no, and even if even if none of it quote unquote works, you know, uh, just the fact that you did it, um, and you can be able to say at the end, listen, we did everything we possibly could. Yeah, I think is, um, I think it's just something that puts your mind at at rest and at ease, and it's um, something you'll. You're not going to wonder about for the rest of your life. Right. And also just to add on to that, like maybe you have done everything you can in your mind. I mean, it, it may not, you may not be in sync with your soon to be ex. I mean, you know, you can't control what they do or not do. But if you feel like as an individual, you've done everything you can, I mean, that's all. I mean, obviously you hope that you can both agree to that, but more times than not, one person is on one page and the other person is on the other page. So as long as you know that you did everything you could, I, you know, I think whatever that is, I mean, it's different for everybody. And then the only other thing, but can, can I say yes, one sorry. other thing about that? Like you should try couples therapy. You should try yeah. marriage, but I almost think maybe more importantly, you should do individual therapy, um, for yourself. Like, that was just not something I grew up doing. It's not something right. I would have ever done before, but I feel like I got more out of that. Um, and I'm a better sort of person and, you know, divorced person, uh, for what I learned in individual therapy than really probably anything I learned. I mean, I learned plenty in, in couples therapy, but everything I do now probably comes from individual therapy. Well, because individual therapy, Obviously, I'm not a therapist, but it goes into the family of origin stuff. Like what you brought, mm -hmm. what where's your part, what you brought mm -hmm. from growing up. And I did group therapy also, which, you know, for some people that's not comfortable, but it was really a great thing for me because, you know, you're in a group with people like you that maybe don't have some, the same issues, but you're sort of like working through things in this group environment, you know, and it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, I think it really worked well for me. So, you know, there's lots of options. Also I liked it. I liked, sorry to interrupt you. I like group therapy because, uh, this sort of sounds bad maybe, but there was something comforting knowing that there were yes. other people who were, who had maybe even more screwed up situations than I did. Yeah. But also you can, even if it's more screwed up, you can, the feeling there's, is the same. Yeah, there's parallels yeah, there. Yeah. And um, there were things that, you know. And you weren't alone. Right, right. And their issues were very different in a lot of cases, but there were still parallels and there, there were still things I could take yes, from it. Yes, right. Um, so that was, you know, and also just the just the act of talking about it. Right. Especially as a guy, you know, we're sort of taught as a, at a young age to push down our feelings as far as they can go. Um, and... It's not healthy. I mean, we, I think we all instinctively know it's not healthy, but 
we don't always have an outlet for it. Like even, you know, guys, when they're with their guy friends, we go have beers. We're not, it's not, Hey, you know, Josh, tell me about your feelings. Like, how are you feeling today? Like, we don't do that. Well, do you do that now? Uh, no, no. Like if we're just going for beers, no, we don't do that. But I do more like if it's, you know, a one-on-one or somebody calls, like since we've been doing the podcast, my friends have reached out to me a lot more. Yeah. Is that right? Oh yeah. And want to talk about things and ask questions. Like I'm some sort of expert, which they know I'm not, but I've gone through it before. And I think maybe they've listened to an episode and like the advice. And so I'm able to talk about things that 10 years ago, I would have never. Well, I think it's also because you're being vulnerable. You know, people see like exposed or vulnerable or whatever. And that's what happens in therapy too. Like you're like, we're like putting this out there, Mm -hmm. the good, the bad, you know, whatever. And so I think people appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. Go you. Yeah. Go me. All right. All right. So moving on. Another thing that came up when we got separated, um, and I think we've mentioned this, that this has come up more for me, um, than for Eric, but, uh, something that will happen is that or could happen is that you'll come across friends and acquaintance, sorry, friends and or acquaintances that sort of get stuck in their anger dance. Like they, they, um, what does that mean? You know, like they're so busy being angry at their spouse, ex-spouse, and they want to like give you all this advice about what you should do. Mm -hmm. Like I had a lot of people being like, you need to ask for 70% Mm -hmm. and you know, you ask for the most and see what you get. Um, have them pay off your car or don't get a job because then you'll get less money. And I'm like, did I ask you for this advice? We've talked about this before, but people, people are, they dump their stuff on you. So there's, they hate their ex-spouse. He was a jerk. Maybe they think he's a bad dad, whatever. Maybe he did something horrendous in their eyes. So they want to sort of vomit and dump, dump all their anger on you. So just try not to get sucked in. Cause you know, there were a couple of times where I'd be like, wait, hold on. Eric's not, this is not Eric. He's not a jerk. Um, he would never do X, Y, and Z. So again, this is all about trusting your instincts, um, which is something that has I've done very late in life, which, you know, if I would have been able to do this sooner, I probably could have benefited that. So tr- just trust your instincts. But it's like, a, it's, it's a balance, right? Like you want to seek out advice. And we just started, you know, we were saying talk to your friends and all that, but be able to separate, you know, their shit from yours because you don't know what they're bringing to the table. Right. I mean, sometimes they'll tell you. Yes, usually um, they will. But, um, you know, you just have to be able to separate it. Yeah. It, Wait, Siggy, did you have a uh, comment? Yeah, on, on this real quick, I just had a one. So for someone that's in this situation that is getting this unsolicited advice that yeah. tends to be negative, have either of you found a good way to politefully rebuff that or do you just have to like listen to it and then ignore it after the fact you know it's it's a good question so i think early on like i'm not good with uncomfortable situations my friends know this eric does too um so i kind of like to like brush things aside and be like yeah 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 but now um especially with the podcast i think people don't say things as much because it's clear that we have a good relationship but i just i'm like i'm you know i'm just grateful i don't have that situation mm-hmm. So that pretty much shuts it down um, because what are they going to do? They can't say anything else. Right. Yeah. You know, um, divorce, 
and um, th everything that goes into divorce is it's an uncomfortable situation. And what it does, I think, a lot of times is it sort of shines a light on on everybody else's stuff, even people who are married. Yeah, for sure. Um, who may not be um, doing well. Right. All of a sudden, um, the fact that you are now going through a divorce sort of shines a light on their own crap. Yeah. And um, it makes them really uncomfortable because I think it starts making them have this internal conversation. Should I be doing this? And why am I not doing this? And, you know, or, or they start becoming judgmental about, well, you know, why would they do this and, you know, get divorced when they've got kids? And that that sort of that comes out uh, in different ways. It sort of manifests itself in different ways. I think we saw people react really weird to us uh, once we once it got out that we were getting divorced. So um, you just have to be wary of people. I mean, it's easy for me. Yeah, because I'm wary of everybody. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's less it's, it's less it's less easy for you who's more trusting and you know, at least historically has sort of sought out information from people. Well, because I, again, was thought that other people's opinions were more valid than my own. Mm -hmm. um, but now, and I've shared this with you, there are people that that have this light shined on them that have been not nice to me mm -hmm. and like a little nasty, you know, like stay away from me, just real crappy when I see them socially. But I have learned that, that it is not about me. Mm -hmm. It is about, about them. them. And I don't take it personally. You yeah. know, that's their stuff. And I'm sorry that you're in a situation that you are in, but it's not my problem or fault. Because before I'd be like, why is this person so being so rude to me? But it's just because- You know what you should tell them? Listen to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. Okay. Well, Yeah. it's an option. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, I guess this is me again. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So I received- Oh, it's because I was, I think I know. Anyway, I received a question from a viewer asking for advice on how to deal with a co-parent who disparages the other parent and yells at the kids all the time. Um, ugh, that's such a bummer. And kids don't have to, uh, and kids don't want to be at this other parent's house because they're yelling and they're talking about the ex. You know, we talked about this a little bit when Rebecca Paddock was here. Um, you know, and I and I sort of went back and forth online um, with this person. And again, I'm not an expert. And you know, thankfully, I didn't have this situation. But again, this book. Um, what they had is, what they suggested is, if you can't co-parent, parallel parent, which I think means probably not communicating, or does mean you know not communicating. Shouldn't talk to the person on the phone. You know, quick text. The kid took your kid took Tylenol two hours before. Just wanted to let you know. I don't want you to over medicate them or talking about the schedule. But that's another situation where you might need to get a parent advocate involved. Is that what it's called? Facilitator. Facilitator um, who can sort of monitor that process, especially if the other parent is disparaging the other parent. I mean, that's that's like 101, the worst thing that can happen. And if you're not doing that, but your, your co-parent is, well, they're not really being a good co-parent. So I, I would consider a, a parental facilitator. You know, I know that probably costs some money, um, but it might be worth it on the in the long run because you have this third party 
who is not as invested and maybe can guide this this other parent because what's going to happen is these kids are going to end up I mean, it's like this shooting yourself in the foot because it you know from personal experience you end up not having a relationship with the other parent as a result i mean of that parent that's saying bad things you yeah know? That, that it's really short-sighted of that parent who yes. disparages the other parent because when those kids are, I mean, we know this get old enough, they will understand what's going on. And nothing you say is going to make that child love the other parent any less. No. And all that child is going to remember is that their dad or mom was an asshole right. to the other one. Right. And they're not going to appreciate it. And it's going to end up turning that child against that parent. Right. And they don't see that now. They no. think they're scoring points angry, angry, and angry, 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 angry. But, uh, you know, if they don't change, that's... I mean, we've seen it time and time yes. again, that's what will happen. And again, that's what helped us. I think that sort of is like the driving force. I know we've said this 10 times over, but you know, unfortunately we've seen some fails and we don't do everything right, trust me. Um, but we really, I mean, I don't talk about you. Hopefully you don't talk about me. I mean, I talk about you in a really, no. I mean, you just, you don't, you just, you yeah, just, you just don't, don't do it. You don't just don't do, do it. it. If you have something you want to say, tell your best friend. Mm -hmm. Or write in your journal like I do. Right. <laughs> write in your journal like Eric Svet does. That's funny. Um, okay. So parental uh, facilitator. I would encourage that. Um, Good advice. Yes. Okay. So this was a, a short uh, podcast. Short and sweet, man. This week. Yeah. Um, so um, like Stephanie said, she put together this uh, episode. So uh, the, the last thing we want to leave you with is that, you know, nobody said that this was going to be easy. Um, probably why, you know, people choose to stay together. Yes. Um, and we can tell you from experience, we probably stayed together longer than we should have. And, um, because the unknown is really scary, really scary. you know, um, it's, we talk about all the time and legal profession, the devil, you know, is yeah. better than the one you don't. Um, but it's, you know, when you get to that point, um, it's not all bad on the other side. Right. And, and we are friends, even though he won't commit to it. We are. We're friends. We're friends. Okay. And that's episode six. Yes. Listen on uh, all the media. All the media. And tell all your friends. And um, if you want to sponsor a show. Oh, yes. Reach um, out to us. Reach out to us. Um, we'd be happy. See that little guy in the bottom right corner? We'd be happy to put your, uh, your logo on there. Yes. Um, which is going to drive like... like 12 to 15 to 25 people to your site right. or calls. I mean, it'll pay for itself many times over. So yes. So let us know. Reach let us out. know. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye.